You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Oh, you guys didn't notice I was doing my impression of Charlie Day in the movie. <laughs> oh, you didn't. I was doing oh. it too. Okay, that's why I was looking away. <laughs> Everybody's just making faces at each other. <laughs> well, here, I'll, I, while you three handle the Charlie Day impressions, I'll handle the Ken Jeong impression. Up ready? Here we go. Go for it. Hey, we're here for an inter- We're here for a review. We're here for a review right now. We're gonna we're gonna review a movie. We're gonna review. We're gonna review a movie. You guys want to review a movie? You guys. <laughs> you want an energy drink? Up, 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 up. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. So. Today, we're talking about Fool's Paradise, uh, written and directed by uh, Charlie Day, famous for It's Always Sunny. Love him. Love the show. Been a big fan for way over a decade now, getting ne- uh, next to 20 years uh, here in the next like couple of years, actually. But um, yeah, this is his directorial debut, and, uh, and it stars a shit ton of people. And uh, mm-hmm. I think this should Everyone also, of his friends yeah, I think the, the alternate title for this movie was, uh, the ultimate favor. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it might as well have been yeah. the, the actually the original different title was all over the credits though. Oh, Straight was it? What, what was it? El Tonto. Oh, that's what it was. Cause that wasn't his like original name or something like that. Uh, yeah. Cause it's, um, it's Spanish for the full and which makes sense. Cause I think, yeah, yeah. I think the idea was that maybe he was going to get it like in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. From, yeah. From the workers that he hangs out with in the beginning. Oh, oh that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And then, um, but, but yeah, you see it all over the credits cause the name of the production company is like El Tonto. That's right. Like everything says El Tonto on it. And then Guillermo del Toro was like, I don't think you should change that name. He's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then he changed it. Now now he's Latte Pronto. Latte Pronto. Well, uh, with me today to talk about Fool's Paradise, and uh, and we'll go into detail about plot here in just a minute, but I have uh, TC. TC raises his eyebrows in surprise, smiles awkwardly, and waves. (laughs) That's not written down. That's not a part of uh, WGA, I hope. Uh, uh, Spider, (laughs) Spider Mike. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, laughing hysterically because that did was I a break, great Did joke. I break Luane? <laughs> uh, Luane. I was going to say, uh, Luane is shaking his head and sighing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm right. Well, so the Fool's Paradise, uh, the plot is, it starts right off the bat with uh, Charlie Day plays a mute. He's not deaf, uh, but he's in a... Um, a uh, mental uh, facility Men- for yeah, mental, ward. In, mental yeah. ward. Uh, and basically we're, we're told uh, as the audience is uh, he has the capability of speaking, but he can't or he won't. And he went through some trauma, which we never actually figure out what in the hell happened to him. But the thing is the state doesn't want to pay for his re uh, rehab. So they just kick him out in the streets. And then he just, we basically just watch him 
basically the old do Ronald Reagan. Method. Yeah, <laughs> just basically do being there. And uh, yeah. and because here's the thing, um, I think that we'll, I'll continue plot because there's so many things to talk about with this movie. But uh, basically, he kind of falls into, or he's walking around, and then Ray Liotta is his producer of a film because it's all in uh, Hollywood, and he sees him he's like, oh my god, he's a dead ringer for this dickhead actor in this movie that I'm trying to get done, and so he puts him in the movie. But lo and behold, because He's basically doing uh, Charlie Chaplin and uh, Buster Keaton that uh, he's actually becomes a, a huge mega star. He falls in love with Kate Beckinsale, Christiana Dior, or she falls in love with him sort of and they get married. Uh, Adrian Brody is in the movie uh, as his co-star Chad Luxt and uh, Jason Sudeikis is some dickhead crazy uh, director that wants to make a a uh, superhero movie starring Charlie Day, and his life just goes out of control. But the biggest, uh, his biggest co-star is Ken Jung, Ken Young, uh, Ken Jung, yeah, uh, as Lenny the publicist, who really in the end is almost his movie more because you get to see him trying to climb up the ladder in being a publicist, and he just kind of falls into being the publicist for uh, Latte Pronto, who. <laughs> That's what Charlie Day's character ends up becoming called because uh, Ray Liotta is wanting a latte pronto, and uh, and they just assume that's his name. Uh, <laughs> well, so, Kim Jong is the one who like coins it too. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, because yeah, he's just mishearing it somewhere, and he just it starts calling. He just him goes. Latte. Everybody's named after items now, and he just everyone <laughs> right, just right. goes with it. Uh, so uh, we watch his life unfold, uh, being uh, this mega Hollywood star, and then it starts to crash and burn, and uh, you really get to see it's more about a story between uh, Lenny, the publicist, and Latte Pronto, uh, which I thought was good that that was the angle. I just don't think that any of it really came together, and I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts. Uh, Luane, how about you start us off? Yeah, you're right. It's it's a delightful love story about two people trying to make a connection in a superficial world. But it has Charlie Day and Ken Jeong, and it runs way longer than it needs to because this is like... Have you ever seen those parody movies that probably would have been great as a fake trailer yeah. or like mm-hmm. as a short film, but like as a feature, you're like, okay, man, the joke is, the joke is worn out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where this is. And then it tries to save it at the end. And it's like, yeah, okay, but it's a little late now, guys. Yeah, the tone was all over the place and the pacing was terrible. Uh, I I felt really bad because I've been watching a lot of interviews with them and I I love It's Always Sunny. I watched their uh, podcast on YouTube and he and um, Glenn Howerton, who's the star of uh, Blackberry that just came out and it's being just... Harold is like one of the, the first like great movie of the year and uh, and they're all like praising his performance and then you watch this you're like Ugh. Uh, <laughs> I really wish I signed up for Blackberry instead so uh, how about TC? Uh, same actually <laughs> uh, TC what are your thoughts if you saw Babylon but the yeah. sheer audacity of the decadence and the cocaine fueled lack of focus in the narrative bothered you and three hours is just too much this is a better version than that on pretty much every level, except the sexiness. It's a similar look at how Hollywood just choose people out and choose people, choose people up and spits them out and just does not give a shit. So it, it, it does have this messaging behind it. 
but I'm in full agreement that this runs very thin in its storytelling and its plot. There's, there is a point where it has this kinetic speed to it, where it's like, yeah, get to the next thing, get to the yeah. next thing, get to the next thing. And then it starts dragging weirdly, and, and it meanders even more than it already was. Yeah. Uh, Ma- Malkovich is in this in a scene that has one of the most John Malkovich monologues you've ever heard in your life, but it comes so late in the movie that it sort of feels like just – just, just finish, please. Yeah, just get get through this. As a throwback to like Buster Keaton and Chaplin, this is a f- it's fun in that regard. It's silly. It does have some nice pace to it from time to time, and it's likened to more screwball Will Ferrell movies. Like it's dumb. Yeah, like it, yeah. This is Leslie Nielsen dumb. Uh, you, you you evoking yeah. some well at least movies. Leslie Nielsen is funny because <laughs> this <laughs> oh, was quite unfortunately very unfunny. And uh, or at least Spider Mac, what do you think? Well, I I have a lot to say about this movie. The the one thing I will say, which is uh, which is kind of left field, is this is how I want a Zelda movie to take place: a guy who's silent and just sort of is forced into <laughs> situations, because <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. He's just the guy who's just like they say he has the mind of like a five year old basically, and he he just so does Charlie what you tell Day him to is do. Link. Is that what you're pitching here? Yeah, oh, exactly. I don't know Zelda. Because that's the thing is like Link is just a dude who walks into a town and somebody goes the volcano's on fire and I need you to go stop the monster that's inside and before he says anything they just throw him in there with a sword and they're like good luck bro and that's just that's that's Zelda that's like to me that's to me that's how the Zelda games work is like this movie which is every time Link shows up somewhere else somebody tells him to do something and then he just ends up doing it <laughs> oh, just man, on and on oh, until eventually they're like you not get to marry the princess and he's like what's happening <laughs> but but the but the main thing about this movie is that the movie I liked a lot of it up into a certain point because it does have a lot of fun with what it's doing originally which is just having this guy forced into these situations and these weird versions of characters like you can look at um Adrian Brody is the sort of Johnny Depp fused person. Sure, yeah. You can look at um, Jason Sudeikis' character as like this weird Michael Bay fusion mm-hmm. with somebody else kind of thing, and and you're just like you're just along with the ride the same way Ken Jeong is, because Ken Jeong is just forcing himself into this ride, but at the same time keeping it going, and it's it's fascinating for a while, but then. After a certain point, it just stops being interesting. It's the 35-minute mark. So at the 35-minute mark, something happens to uh, the main characters with uh, Charlie Day and Kate Beckinsale, and they go their separate ways. But I I was shocked. Uh, I looked at the time because it felt like a lot of things happened. And because, like you said earlier, TC, it the pacing, at least the first 35 minutes, was super kinetic. It was very quick. Yeah. And then that happens like, oh, I, I, I guess we're almost over then. And then I saw I was like, there's another hour in this movie. Like, what else <laughs> are they going to talk about and uh, and show? And there's a lot. And that's when it gets really meandering and just kind of boring, uh, which was weird. Uh, the- well, the. I have some, or I have an idea as to maybe why, but the issue I have with it being the reason is it makes me want to see what the original version of this movie was. Yeah, because Charlie Day went back and he redid a giant chunk of the movie. Mm. He he wasn't sure if the movie was working, so he talked to Guillermo del Toro and he's like, "Well, just rewrite a bunch of it." And so he rewrote 
I think <laughs> 27 pages worth. Wow. Of scenes and mm. went back and filmed them all, which is part of the reason why his name changes for one. And then because Glenn Howerton in one of the podcasts mentions, he's like, yeah, I saw the original version, but a bunch of that's not this new version of it. Yeah. He's like, I like that one, too. But I'm like, kind of want to see what that version was yeah. to see if maybe the pacing worked better, if maybe even the way it ends works better, because I didn't like the way this ended at all. No. Uh, one of the other things that uh, I, I was thinking about that I, I don't know if like it truly works in the end is that Charlie Day's character is mute. And he doesn't say a word the entire movie. And I I think you were even saying that earlier, Luane, is that the joke kind of wears thin. It's like, okay, I get it, but we're not going to have him speak at all. And because uh, even like with the, the physical, uh, uh, I guess, like action set pieces, if, if he were ever in any of them, it wasn't uh, that exciting. Uh, like he wasn't doing that much like physical performance except for his face and like doing facial impressions or or just like oh my gosh what's happening uh that like that was it It it's like the story of being there but then you're at least thinking that it's going to be like more of a buster keaton movie right they're just like what the fuck like but what was interesting at least with being there is that uh chauncey gardner he at least said like like very simple things but they were at least profound and he was acting like he was almost like a child and uh I just, it did not work for me. I thought it was an interesting idea, at least initially. And then it just like flattens out. You're like, ugh. one, because I know we've been talking a lot about what doesn't work. One of the things I did like, I didn't notice it as much as it got further into the movie until there are certain scenes. It looks good. Whoever shot it, shot the hell out of it. And, and the sound design is interesting. It's at least smart. Like there's, there's bits like when he's in the pool and you can hear the 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 difference in, mm. in the sound depth and and volume when he's in the water out of the water stuff like that so like there are certain technical elements that i think work i think the weakness in this just really does come down to how the story whichever version of it we ended up with yeah well let's go into final thoughts then tc why don't you lead the way this is a mel brooks kind of dumb and i say that in that it's trying to say something it does have a commentary about Hollywood, and I respect that. I think it does work in that regard. If you've ever been in the Hollywood machine in any capacity, you're going to watch this and go, this feels way more real than the silliness presents. This feels way more real than you'd think it is. But, yeah, I I respect the idea of trying to tell a story like this in this way, using old-school Hollywood and new-school and what have you. I've compared it to a lot of other movies. I want to do that as a barometer for those who might be interested in this. Mm -hmm. Walking out of the theater... I wasn't mad at it. I had fun watching it with my friends, and it was a pretty full theater, so there's some good chuckles and laughs through it, but even the next day, I'd already forgotten I'd seen it. Yeah. And now, a week later, I'm even more like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> uh, Charlie Day is doing a really good job as Latte. He very clearly is lovingly portraying this mute character. And I do think Ken Jeong, Adrian Brody, Kate Beckinsale, and the whole cast know exactly the movie they're in. Mm-hmm. Tonally, there is a consistency here, and that's a credit to Charlie Day as a director. But it never elevates itself beyond an SNL skit turned into a feature film. Yeah. And while I did enjoy some of the parts of it, it just falls flat with its long runtime and sort of its meandering and weird spots. And that's unfortunate. I, I am curious to see this original version. Maybe it's more rated R, or maybe it's got a, a little clear perspective on 
what it's trying to say and do. Mm-hmm. But it never gets there. I'm giving Fool's Paradise a two out of five energy drinks. <laughs> uh, Spider Mike? Yeah, this movie is my biggest disappointment of the year so far. Charlie Day is one of my favorite everything right now. He's just so funny. His writing is usually really good. Um, I love him in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in. But a lot of it comes down to his voice sometimes because he's such a unique he has such a unique way of saying things and he has such a unique way of of doing things that like so you get like half for t- i feel yeah. like i'm getting charlie day at half his full power yeah and that's very frustrating because i wanted to like at least have some some kind of noise coming out of him because like i get i get what what you what he was going for with the whole Char- charlie chaplin silent movie time frame but like you know people scream from weird shit like I figured that we would get some sort of that some sort of that kind of idea but that just never comes and then like I feel like the the final part is somewhat earned but not enough that to get through the journey that we went through mm-hmm. because it's just so haphazardly done so the, and so much just sort of happens but not in a fun way and like TC said it feels like a series of SNL skits yeah. One after the other. Like, because especially when you get to to um, Jason Sudeikis' character, that feels like one giant skit. Yeah. That just goes on forever. And then the same when you get to the, the movie. Like, it's just, it's like, man, like. This would be an amazing SNL YouTube playlist of skits. <laughs> oh, remember Charlie Day played that character for seven years? <laughs> I compiled them all into one playlist. <laughs> yeah. Jason Bateman shows up with a tennis ball. Blaster, yeah, and I just started losing my shit because I'm like, this is a fun time because this is because <laughs> this is dumb and it's a, it's, a, it's a dumb SNL type skit, and then it just it dies so fast. Yeah, <laughs> um, the music I thought was fine. Like, there's so much going on <laughs> in it that's technically great. Uh, like I said, it's shot wonderfully by the cinematographer Nico Aguale, Agu- Agu- Aguilar. I'm not sure how to say that, which is weird. <laughs> Latte uh, luckily, pronto. Lucky this movie is just short. It's like it's ninety minutes long. It goes comes in and out, and that's. But you're gonna forget it pretty quickly. Um, I want to see what the original version of this was. I want to see what El Tonto was originally supposed to be. But everything it says, I feel like I've seen more movies say it a lot better, and that's you know that's that's a shame. I want to see what Charlie Day does from here, but I kind of hope that whatever he does, he does it right. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's there's a lot of potential here, but he's just the first first silo silo just didn't work out. Um, I am going to have to give this four out of ten autoerotic asphyxiations. <laughs> there, there we go. Oh, one for each of us. Uh, Luane, <laughs> what are your final thoughts? <laughs> um, I don't really have any stake in Charlie Day. I, I don't watch It's Always Sunny. Mm. That's not anything about the show. It's literally, there are 10,000 television shows that I haven't had a chance to watch. That's one of them. Sure. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I don't I don't have any stake in him. In looking at his IMDb, most of the stuff I'm familiar with, it's his voice, and I never see him. So he's essentially the dude with the memes for me, for the most part. I, I don't have anything there. Um He's his performance is good considering he has to literally act entirely with his body. He can't say anything. Um, it looks good. It sounds good. 
some of the scenes are good. I was actually thinking when you guys were talking about it, what it reminds me of is when movies would do those little 10-minute mini-movies and then eventually somebody assembles them. Mm-hmm. That's what that feels like. Yeah. Right? So, like, there's the whole story. I'm like, yeah, it worked better when it was in small pieces. Um, it, it, I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'd like to see the other version just to compare it, if nothing else. I don't know that it says anything that we haven't seen in some form or another. Yeah, man, Hollywood's weird and full of superficial people, and they will destroy you. I, I Yeah, man, I get it. <laughs> but I've also never worked on a set big enough to have the issues that a lot of this has with 6,000 assistants and somebody yelling about lattes and shit like that. It's just like five people and one boom guy and a camera guy trying to get the thing shot out before the cops come. So, <laughs> um, it's fine. I, I was going to put it right in the middle at two, 2.5 out of 5. I'm going to give it a little more for some of the technical stuff. So, it gets three out of five giant fucking rabbits. God, that, rabbit. oh, that was a huge was rabbit. That's an eaten rabbit is what that is. That's an eaten rabbit. That's an like, eaten that's, rabbit. <laughs> no, seriously, that's like... That's like one of those like Norwegian ones that you literally you grow them so that you can eat them like a fucking turkey. <laughs> More like Busta Eaton. <laughs> oh, um, quick right. I will. I will laugh. You can have it. I. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely. I. I echo all of what you have. All you guys have said so far, and I don't know what else I can really add to it except for like, I think I would have much rather have seen this as more of just like a short film. Uh, than anything else like the the sketches that we're talking about and I, I don't know some of the stuff which is so just unfunny to me it was like man this is more like I get the SNL comparison but it's like this is more like Mad TV uh, and uh, <laughs> and well, but, Mad TV was funny <laughs> at times depended on who was there the movie trailers were often funny oh yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the, the things that I, I I was thinking about then it was like man I really wish this was more of a drama and not as heightened and cartoonish uh, that it was portrayed. Like it, I started thinking about um, definitely, you know, being there uh, and how it handled uh, its quote unquote comedy with the drama very well. Um, but then I started thinking about like, oh man, what if like this was more like Awakenings? Remember that movie, Robin Williams and Robert De Niro? It's like, oh man, oh, and that was, movie oh, yeah. was very intense and dramatic, but uh, it was so sweet at the same time. And I was like, oh, that would have been interesting to see Charlie Day tackle something like this. But he really wanted just to say, ultimately, fuck you to Hollywood, I guess. Even though I was like, yeah, but you're really like, you're at the Mario movie for fuck's sake. It's like, what <laughs> what beef do you have? Uh, anyway, at the same time, I, I agree that there's a lot of technical aspects that are really good. The, the music by John Bryan, who I was like, oh, shit. I, sometimes I did feel like it was totally kind of off. Uh Again, that's why it's. I think that he, uh, you know, loves Paul Thomas Anderson movies so much. He was like, "I'll get John Bryan. He did Punch Drunk Love." I'm like, "Okay, mm-hmm. here we go." So there was a lot of pieces that came together, to, it, and you could see what like inspired him and motivated him to do certain scenes in certain ways. Uh, and I just think it ultimately all falls apart. And uh, so I'm going to give this three. Out of ten hours, I'd much rather be playing Tears of the Kingdom. So, uh, <laughs> bringing it back to Zelda. 